We interrupt this transmission to bring you the following live broadcast. It's Wednesday. It's 6 p.m. It's the Big Socho Show! And Brian. <laughs> Sound like a tugboat. You did. You cool. did. Welcome, welcome back. Party on, party on. <laughs> Brian's about to play the main. Big Socho Show! show. Big Socho Show! Party on, party on! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, pretty much. You're all like prepared. Like, I have just been sitting here for ten minutes shooting the shit, and you're like, "Oh, okay, it's time I, to go on." I, I haven't had to do anything. I, I checked all the mics and everything, and they, they were all uh, relatively working well. So hopefully that stays the case throughout the show. Could you imagine? Oh my god! I did a podcast last Thursday. I was on the uh, throw out your radios and listen to this podcast. Karina and I were on to uh, discuss the uh, All WNY Saves Christmas show. I'm apparently on there this week. Are you? Well, my song is. Hopefully, I was gonna say. Hopefully, there uh, it'll it'll run better than when we were on. <laughs> and Eric's sitting there because every time we play a Janie Crash and the Tall Man song, something goes wrong. And so Eric is constantly making fun of me, and now he's hosting his own show, and he's three weeks in, and nothing has gone right. Nice. And I uh, and just like, and we pre-recorded our interview too, so it was like. Everything was going wrong. He's playing, like, the wrong songs are coming up wow. for him and everything. And it's just, like, I felt so bad. I was just like, oh, man. Like, and his co-host couldn't hear the song over, over Facebook. Well, we couldn't hear the songs either over uh, Facebook Messenger. Oh, okay. So it was like, it was like, okay, well. Is it over yet? So we had, you know, we had the mics off. We're just waiting for him to come back and say, hey, you know, that was, uh, you know, such and such. Um, and I'm just so sitting here like, I need to get out to Sotus and set that shit up for him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a Rage Against the Machine. Yeah. I don't I know what do song, that. I can't remember what song that is. Freedom. Freedom, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Scott's listening, he's like freaking out. No, stop, Brian, stop! <laughs> yeah, right. That's not the right. That's not how you really play it. Yeah, I know. I know. Fucking... <laughs> he moved his headphone cord behind the fretboard now, so, he... <laughs> so now, like... now it's not in the way. <laughs> it's just a chord. It's okay. That's it. Just, just. Yep. We, should, we should do that. We should do the Scott doesn't want to get sued. Uh, Joe knows everything. <laughs> where I'm just playing like one note it's like what could it be I have no idea what that is no <laughs> oh man so well, there's, uh, a, the, yeah. there's those guys that do the uh, the Australian guys that do the everything is the same like they play the, it, it's like Wonderwall and yeah but like, it's the melodies are different because uh, what was it it was um um Closing time, semi yeah, yeah, yeah. Closing time. One last go for alcohol. So finish your whiskey and beer. When I come around, like it's it's the same. No, yeah, it's I pretty get you. much the same shit. So. Yeah. The like the one thing that they like they cheated on was it's it's the same chord progression, but it's different tunings. Right. Like because this is closing time. And then this is uh, when I come around. 
Right. But, you know, they, <laughs> but they're cheating bastards, so fucking Aussies, right? Yeah. I haven't played guitar yet today, so. That explains it. He hasn't played guitar yet, so as soon as he saw one, he's like, ooh! <laughs> I wrote a I wrote a cool guitar song when I was at practice, and I just can't. It's like It's it's very um, '90s. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got like, but like the way I was playing it on my acoustic, on my electric guitar, so it had a little bit more of an Alice in Chainsy type vibe to it. And then I had a really cool uh, riff and drop D, but I can't remember that. I really, I loved it so much. I'm like, <laughs> I should record this, and I just, yeah, I just can't do it. I had one that's like a. those ones that you like should record and don't that you can't remember that's how you know you have dirty strings joe <laughs> i know i just i took a shower today and my now my i just have carbon and dead skin cells <laughs> skin cell <laughs> but yeah so i was tempted to learn some music the other day and i'm like nah <laughs> i don't want to learn other people's songs I'm yeah about that shit well, luckily for you, I, we, we can do the Joe Knows Jack segment today. Why? I, I actually, I watched it before you got here. Nice, the shitty one. Yeah. I was going to watch it last night at work, and then I was like, I saw Vsauce had a new episode of Mindfield. Like, ooh, I'm watching that instead. What's Vsauce? Vsauce is a YouTube channel that explores, uh, they, they do like experiments, they explore things. Okay. Uh, the guy is like best friends with Adam Savage from Mythbusters, they're actually on tour together right now. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, Mindfield is a YouTube Red series by Vsauce, uh, where they, you know, do all these experiments that have never been done before, or uh, that explore like human nature, basically. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah, so this season's been pretty fascinating. They've got an episode uh, where, uh, you know, they they explore morality because it's, you know, if, if they call it, it's the switch problem. If there's five people on one track. Oh, that fucking thing. And if the train's going towards the five people and you can pull a switch, save the five people, but you still kill one person on the other track, which, what do you do? And most people would say they'd save the five people. So they did an experiment to find out what people would actually do. Well, what color are the people? <laughs> That's horrible. irrelevant, Brian. It's irrelevant. No, it's no, it's not. Yes, it is. Especially if it's like, is that one person a loved one and the five people are total strangers? Okay, fair enough. Boom. But if there's seven, if there's six strangers, if there's six strangers, eh, you know, let them all die and let you know. I'll I'll let the I'll switch the track to make sure that the train hits the five people. And then I will murder the the last one. This is my co-host. 
Hey, this is this is the guy I picked to be my co-host on make, this show. Make America genocidal again. <laughs> Might as well be with all these. Uh, I mean, the government is just going against what the people want. The they? government. Government. Jesus. Net neutrality. Eighty-three percent of Americans supported net neutrality. Guess what? FCC killed it. Fifty-three percent of people are against the Republican tax reform. <laughs> Guess what? <laughs> and the other forty. 47 just don't know what tax reform is. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's uh it's it's respectful to slurp in front of people in oh. in Japan. Okay. So, I'm feeling So to our Japanese listeners, I think I'm turning Japanese. Yes, I turn on Japanese rating. So It's I... not it's not racist if it's a song, right? No. Cool. You, you just, uh, yeah. I heard a, a ska cover of that the other day. <laughs> Did your goddamn fucking ska music. Your garbage ska. Oh, is, is this the bag of toys? Uh, this is more toys. This is more toys. This so. is more toys. We've already given most of the toys to the to uh, New Directions. This how, is, how, was that sh- how was that show? The show was okay. We, we still, like, three people showed up. No, it was more than three people. Uh, the problem was, you know, we were up against, like, literally everything else. Trans-Siberian Orchestra was in town. Yeah. Every Time I Die was having their all-day thing at Riverworks. So that was a good show. Yeah, I heard that was good, too. Um, but yeah, we were up against a lot, and, uh, you know, for, to, to just get the response that we got was, you know... To have someone show up, we were so happy. Yeah, pretty much, and, you know, the bands were all super generous and helping out. Oh, they actually, okay, it wasn't like, okay, cool. Yeah, no, no. Uh, but this stuff we got here, this is from, uh, this is from, uh, Deconstructed Designs. Okay. So this is what we got with the, with the money we got at the show. Nice. So this all has to go to New Directions, and, uh... I was just at Walmart today, and I can't, I couldn't believe the deals. Oh, I bet. I also, my, my soul, like, emptied, but... <laughs> I, I... As, I, as it does when you go to Walmart. I've decided, apparently, this day last year, I went to Walmart, too... And I was just like Walmart, the only place where not where the employees are wearing pajamas too, and the exact same thing. And uh, I was just so, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done with Walmart. I can't do it anymore. <laughs> like because their deals. Because I never checked out this the 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 food section there before. Mm-hmm. So I had to get some milk for uh for my house, and I had to get some other stuff. And they didn't have organizers because I'm looking for a, a really good calendar book because I'm booking a lot of shows for my band already. So, excuse me, I have one calendar book that stays at my house, and that is the that is the that is the um the breaking solace calendar book. Excuse me. Um, damn it. Then I have everything online. And then I also have a hand one for me to go anywhere that has not just the Breaking Solid stuff, but everything else. Right. So when the band goes, hey, I want to, you know, I want to, um, I want, you know, to, to have band practice this day, I can look at my book and go, I'm not able to do that. Right. Because I don't, I don't like the intrusiveness of, of Google Calendar, so I don't like to put all my other shit on there. Um, but, so I'm like, okay, well, let me go to, let me go to Walmart. I went to uh, Office Max and they didn't have fucking anything there. Really? They had stuff. It just none of it fit my th- it was just like, hey, you have to put in the the dates okay, for, yeah, for the month. You have yeah. to put in all the days and the month and and the the layout wasn't good and stuff right. like that. So I really wanted so I, I wanted the exact same book pretty much. And like I was telling you off off uh air, I just I couldn't find the fucking book. Um I found something I 
Lily and I both were looking on Amazon earlier, and I found some stuff, so I'll, I'll figure that out. But I went to Walmart, and my bill, if I went grocery shopping there, would be half yeah. what it is. The problem is, is I don't like Walmart. I work right. really hard to do everything else. I'd rather... First off, Tops is lo- the Tops I shop at is located in Buffalo. So my taxes go to Buffalo. Right. The taxes at Walmart go to Cheektowaga. And they also got huge um, deals and tax relief by going to Cheektowaga. Right. So if you if you look, there's only I think one Walmart in the city of Buffalo. Every every other Walmart is is in like Williamsville on Transit or it's in Cheektowaga, like less than a five minute drive from Buffalo. Just just to stick it to people. So right. I don't I don't like that shit. So but I I go there. I I went there. Um, just because, like I said, I was looking for a calendar book. They didn't have any. They had calendars, but they didn't have, like, an actual organization, like, planner thing. Uh, which really pissed me the fuck off. And they had candles. So I ended up just getting, like, some um, baking powder so I can make Christmas cookies. They didn't have fucking uh, cookie cutout cookie cutters. Really? Yeah, so I... They had, like, their cookie cutter section. They had cookie cutters, but it was a dollar per cookie cutter. <laughs> so I went on so I went on uh, Amazon while I was driving away and hopefully never coming back and I got 101 cookie cutters and a nice case for 10 bucks. Nice. And I'll be here in 2 days. So nice. I was going to do uh I I I got stuff for my kids so we can bake uh make gingerbread houses and now I'm also thinking about doing cuz I got my kids they're sleeping over for the first time in like 5 years. So Okay. 2 out of the 3 my oldest hates me or something. <laughs> I uh yeah, I used to shop at Walmart for food constantly when I lived right around the corner from there. Yeah. Which was just, like, perfect, because, like you said, it's way cheaper to buy food there. I just, I'm not a fan of Walmart myself, uh, but having it literally around the corner from me was, like, super convenient. Well, and that's how they get you, because it's super convenient. Like, if you go if you go to the place in Chictawaga, you it's like smack dab in the center between a Wegmans and a Tops. Right. So anyone in that vicinity is like, well, I'll go there. And even the people in the Wegmans, like closer to the Wegmans at the Tops, they're like, because there are people that live right next to a Tops. They're like, well, I want to go to Wegmans. Well, now they go, they'll go to Walmart and then look at their little specialty items at Wegmans. I was lucky enough where I lived in, um, I lived in Brockport, and since it was a college town, within a mile from me there was a Wegmans, a small Tops. Um, in Aldi, in a in a Walmart. So what I used to do is I used to go shopping at Aldi and get pretty much eighty percent of everything, mm-hmm. and then another fifteen percent was at um Walmart, and the last five percent was like the specialty cheeses and shit at at Wegmans. Right. And for a house of five, three of them kids, and they were all fucking picky eaters, including me. I'm a picky eater. <laughs> it was only um I mean I'd I'd spend like a hundred dollars a week and it'd be great. And now, I mean, it's a house of three people, and we spend like we still spend like a hundred and twenty-five dollars a week, something like that. Now, just for the three of us. But to be fair, we get like, like they have buy two get three free bacon at Tops right now. So, right. <laughs> so I have twenty. So I have twenty packages of bacon at my house right now. Last week they had buy two get three free kielbasa, and I smoke kielbasa. Yeah. So uh, I have fifteen kielbasa at my house right now, frozen. Brian smokes kielbasa. Oh. 
smoke it. <laughs> smoke it. Smoke it long and warm. Mark's not listening live this week, so no no ass pictures coming in all, I know. all, all well, night. He still gave us one this morning. I know he gave so. us one. You, you gave it, what, an 8? I gave it an 8. He gave it a 7.5. Okay, he said you were being generous. Uh, I was, all. I was too tired to go seven, seven point five, like seven point eight. I was just way too. I literally <laughs> woke up and saw an ass. That was the first thing I saw in my morning, <laughs> which is fine. It's usually someone else's ass, like a woman's normally, but okay. So, <laughs> I can't say it's the first time I've seen a bare ass first thing in the morning. So right, yeah. Lily got me this cool kimono, um, like, um, like robe. Yeah. So, because I'm like, oh, I really want a robe, and I really like the uh, the robes that are like for women, right? Because they're like they feel really nice. They're all satiny and shit. So, they're for women, satiny and shit. But um, <laughs> but you know, I was like, so, but I'm like, I, I where where do you find kimonos and shit like that? She's like, well, I found this black one on Amazon. It looks pretty decent. I'm like, what? Yeah. She's like, Merry Christmas. Here you go. Nice. So. <laughs> Like, my shit's, like, simple. Like, I used to be, like, really... People were always like, you're so hard to shop for. I'm like, no, I'm not. Just ask me. Like, Jesus. Like, I know what Karina wants for Christmas. <laughs> so, I'm not gonna say it on the air, but I know what Karina wants for Christmas. <laughs> so, um... What do you want for Christmas, Joe? I'm broke, but what do you want for Christmas, Joe? <laughs> I have no idea. He wants peace on Earth. I do. Except for Africa. <laughs> No, I, 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 but, but I do want for the rains to be blessed in Africa. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. I was listening to Toto's Africa um, pretty much every day for the past, like, week. Yeah. I love that song. Hence the reference. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. But I'm not, I haven't shared it on Facebook, so, you know, you're not referencing something that I referenced. I know. It's just amazing. It's like you read my mind. <laughs> well, everybody's always constantly thinking of Africa by Toto. Yeah, that's uh, like whether they know it or not. Yeah, here's the thing: Toto is actually a supergroup of session musicians. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I only know the guitarist Steve Lukifer, who is pretty much the main songwriter of that song. But uh, they were all got really just tired of doing a, of ses doing session work for everybody else's songs and not getting writing credits, which meant more money. Right. So they were like, well, we're going to do our own fucking thing. And same with Asia. Asia is pretty much a, uh, a supergroup because the guys in Europe and some, I think it was some of them was Jefferson Starship or something. I don't remember. But they were, they, um, they were like, oh, well, we want to, we want to write more and shit like this. So they, Asia was a supergroup and it just fucking failed. So the next supergroup needs to be like Antarctica. <laughs> They're all named after continents. Well, it was cool because Asia had people from Europe in it. <laughs> right. So now what they need to do, they need to get members of Europe and members of Asia that weren't in bands together and then call it Eurasia. Nice. So <laughs> there's a band in uh I think they're located in um Niagara Falls and they're called Pangea. Okay. But I think there's like fifteen hundred bands called probably. Pangea. Probably. So none of them none of it copyrighted or trademarked. Nope. Of course not. So I uh, I saw that you were uh, trying to teach your uh, or you were trying to teach our girlfriend uh, <laughs> our girlfriend uh, wrestling and decided to start with the most disgusting act of of wrestling in the early uh, in the late nineties early two thousands. Well, she and I listened to uh, you know every morning the question is what are we listening to today and we we settled on Alice Cooper radio because she she suggested Rob Zombie and I suggested the Beatles. I'm like this is right in between. Let's go Alice Cooper. Because when I think the Beatles, I think Alice Cooper. Yeah, well, anyway. So, uh, we both got songs from 
either KISS or members of KISS. And uh, so I was like, hey, uh, you know, KISS was involved in pro wrestling. So it was Alice Cooper. So it was Alice Cooper. Yes, this is true. Ooh, baby. Yes. Uh, and so she was like, please explain. <laughs> and so I had to tell her all that about, uh, you know, the, there was a company called WCW who were famous for making David Arquette their world champion. They and f- they were famous for other things, like trying to make uh, Ric Flair into Spartacus. Oh yeah, that too. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back. Yeah, it's not it's not a new thing of them being fucked the up. The Black Scorpions, Shockmaster. Shockmaster. <laughs> <laughs> the problem with the Shockmaster was his. I had no problem with with the the sound of Ole Anderson's voice. Sure, I think it was Ole Anderson's voice, right? Yeah, it was yeah. Ole Anderson. I, I have no problem with that. I have no problem with the uh, with tugboat doing it because I believe it was tugboat, right? Yep. Yeah, it was tugboat. Boom, typhoon for other people. Um, I have no problem that he tripped and fell. I get that. They could have kept going. The biggest problem I had was they used a stormtrooper helmet and just put glitter on it. <laughs> yeah, purple like glitter. That, that's the lazy thing. Like not nothing else was lazy. It was too lazy. And the best thing is, it's wrestling. Like you really could have just repackaged any other wrestler, or you could have just been like uh, Alex Luger. Because I think Luger was even in WCW at the time. Yeah. So, like, you could have just done that. But, no, they were like, oh, let's get Typhoon back in here. Because, well, Lex Luger, it was, he was, it was Lex Luger's team. It was Lex Luger and Sting and, uh, oh, like yeah, 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 like yeah. And it's like, yeah, yeah, it was versus, I think it was, uh, it, it was, it was Bulldog, Luger, and Sting, and they were up against Sid and, like, it was the Horseman. The Horseman. Because Sid, yeah. Sid was in the Horseman at the time. Yeah. Which I love every time. Because I will, I love Jim Cornette's, uh, podcasts. Yes. So I will listen to him, and he's first off, you know, thank you, fuck you, bye. But I, I love the him just fucking. Every time that he brings up the horseman, he's like, no fucking, uh, what was it? Uh, Paul Roma's not a fucking horseman. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, he's better than Sid. Everybody's better than Sid. He watches us play softball, like, because he's just so fucking angry about everything in this, because. He's one of those guys that he's one of those smart Republicans that I love because he's a Southern Democrat. He's not a Republican. He's a Southern Democrat. Right. Which is pretty much just leave us the fuck alone. We'll do our own shit and call it a day. So it's great because he he just bitches about like it's the nonsense. It's just like. Like like he didn't have a problem with having, you know, all those stings. Having all those stings show up at, right. I think it was like a fall brawl or something like, like Halloween that. Havoc or, or something. Some, yeah, like that. I couldn't remember. That wasn't a problem. The how they did the sting, the sting thing. Like it was like what six months before he even went into the ring. They just saw him like week after week in a fuck in the rafters. He's like, that was great. You know when it went, you know it all went downhill when he started wrestling because he hadn't wrestled in a fucking year and he was <laughs> he was out of gas after the first punch or two. Which is all Sting's fault, and apparently he was dealing with drugs and shit like that at the time. Yeah, yeah. Who doesn't? But hey, good on Sting. He really kept that quiet. Unlike Shawn Michaels, who just everyone knew he was on drugs. Even if you weren't, even if you didn't watch wrestling, he'd walk down the street and be like, "That guy's got to be on drugs." Yeah, right. Like Sting, he had no fucking <laughs> idea. But um, but shit like that, like WCW, like how, like that. That's what I always, I, I always am bothered by when. It's the revisionist history because WCW had a better product for a long period of time. And it got bad about six months after Vince Russo showed up because that's when he sort of got the reins. Now, because like I was just looking back on like the Attitude Era stuff and there's just there's some great wrestling and great wrestlers. Sure. But there's also some not great wrestling and not great wrestlers (laughs) that we sort of forgave 
because like like Steve Blackman, there's there's a great example. Steve Blackman, the his his most memorable gimmick was wearing a cheese head. Yep. <laughs> like and that's and and that's the thing. Like, the, but at the same time, at the same time, you had Lance Storm in WCW, who's got less charisma than Steve Blackman, and got a better gimmick out of it. Like that was the problem because Vince Russo. First off, I, Vince Russo was like everyone needs a storyline. Yeah, which which that, I I give him credit for that. Exactly, I like that. And then it was like, hey, the mid carters are just as talented, and you need the mid carters to make the upper mid carters and the main eventers look great. And that's how it always was. I mean, first off, I mean, the, that's why the Intercontinental Championship in the late uh, in, in the in the late eighties was the premier championship. It's just sure. like. You know, people are like, oh, yeah, you know, uh, you know, under, you know, Undertaker or Hulk Hogan or and I was I was the Bret Hart and the Mr. Perfect guy, the ravishing Rick Rude. I mean, let, let's be fair. The only reason I, I, I ever liked Ultimate Warrior was through his feud with Rick Rude and Rick Rude made him. Yeah. And like how like it, it's just stuff like that. And <laughs> the problem with WWE is they just they didn't give the mid carters enough enough stuff no and I, i'll tell you something about those attitude era like monday night raws is there was always something going on and you never knew what was going to happen yeah now now it's just you don't even need to like and it was funny because the they had there was double taped i mean so there was usually like one live and then yeah. the next week wasn't live right and the thing was is like y- you still didn't know what to expect like i actually really love the ministry of darkness thing it it got ruined when Vince McMahon joined. Sure, when he was the higher power. But right. Before that, it was great because that was Vince McMahon. Just you know, well, it's you know, and even to be fair, I mean, I didn't see it coming. I mean, that was a nice <laughs> yeah, story. Right, right, right. Now you'd see it coming. It's like who's the who's the anonymous Raw GM? It's uh, it's 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 you know, it's got to be Vince McMahon. Like it was, Horn, it was Horn. It turned out it was Hornswoggle. Yeah, yeah. It turned out it was Hornswoggle. <laughs> only in only in only in fake wrestling you can have a um what was it Santa Claus give the gift of speech to a a um leprechaun a leprechaun. Yeah. So <laughs> let's get into some music. Yeah. All right. This is uh this is buried beneath concrete, which is buried beneath all my other apps that are open here. No. All right. Buried beneath concrete. Uh, That's good. Their uh, their front man Dagon he's he's about to be a, he's about to be a new dad. Oh, okay. first time. So. It's it's the same second the third time, just more of a headache. <laughs> Don't you? But I I've only got the one, so I I can't speak. But it, it it was like super special to have the one. You know, like speaking of headaches, I haven't like has she been over like every weekend every other weekend still? Yeah, because I haven't like heard anything about her like. All she does is sit here with her headphones on. Really? Yeah. It's just like I hate you, Dad. The end. No, she's she's happy to be here. She just doesn't want to do anything but listen oh. to her music. Oh. Ah. Uh, oh, damn it. Okay. <laughs> Fucking teenagers, right? She's thirteen now, right? Yeah, she's thirteen. That's all she wants to do is sit hey, there and she's listen. Le- to... She's legal age in Kentucky. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not joking. She's legal age I, in Kentucky. I'm sure you're not joking, but <laughs> given another year, she's legal age in Alabama. Roy Moore already thinks she's in legal age. Yeah, right. All right, buried beneath concrete. <laughs> this song is called "Make Them Suffer." All WNY Radio, the Think So Joe Show. I pushed the button. You no, we did. Present. There it is. Yeah. 
little buried beneath concrete, all WNY radio, the Think So Joe show. We're not going to go into it, but did they get away with it? <laughs> no. Okay. I think you told me about that friend, too. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm thanked in his, uh, his book about it. We're, we're, <laughs> we're talking about a friend of mine that robbed a couple of banks. <laughs> yeah. Ohio hookers, hit me up if you're looking for a professional hard rock five piece. Ooh. I have I have officially booked uh, my band uh, in just April. I've booked them in Jersey, Philly, uh, Atlantic City, Jersey, uh, Philly, and New York City. And I've got three different promoters in Long Island that want to book us. I just got uh, a dozen or half a dozen promoters in the Massachusetts slash Boston area that are interested. Like, um. <laughs> Um, like, yeah, I got, um, I can't wait. Now I'm just starting to work on Ohio. Right. Ohio bookers and hookers. <laughs> hookers know where all the, uh, the, the musicians hang out. Right. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, my, my buddy, uh, you could get his book. It's called, uh, Laughing All the Way to the Bank Robbery, My Education in Con College. That's available on, uh, your Amazon Kindle, uh, apps and devices there. You can see my name in the acknowledgments. Is it really? Yeah. Nice. nice. Yeah, yeah. Aren't you acknowledged in um? Was it Clerks Two? Aren't you? Aren't you acknowledged? Uh, in I'm in the MySpace credits of Clerks Two on the DVD. Nice. So if you have the DVD of Clerks Two and you sit there, you watch through the whole movie, watch through the entire credits, and then you have to. Whoa! What happened? Uh, I don't know. Oh! Oh! Yeah, oh! I thought we were gonna get through the whole show. I guess not. Oh. Uh, so it's your mixer this whole fucking time? I don't know. It's There's something. <laughs> I have no idea. Anyway. Uh, yeah, if you sit through the entire like movie and the entire credits, you'll sit there and you'll just see a bunch of fucking names scroll by really super fucking fast. Of course. But it still takes like 10 minutes because there's like 10,000 names. Nice. And I, I am in that list of 10,000 names. What did you donate? Nothing. Wow. It was uh, it was for for becoming friends with movies on MySpace. Oh wow! Yeah, nice. And it was like the first ten thousand people that did it, or the first hundred thousand people, or something like that. I don't have. I'm supposed to have an IMDb thing. Yeah. Because I was doing set design for. I did set design for. I was only supposed to do it for one, my buddy's one movie. Ended up doing three of his movies and two other movies. <laughs> um, because if there's one person that knows how to like jerry-rig shit together it's me yeah right <laughs> uh just give me some rubber bands and glue and we're good to go um but they forgot to add me but they added my fucking kid who was five at the time ha. so my kid has a fucking imdb and i don't i'm like what the fuck man do you have an imdb i don't think i do all right i've only been in that one movie it's not out yet so who knows? still not out it's been like a year no, it's coming it? out next year in 2019. 2019? 2019. What's taking so long? They need funding. <laughs> like, <laughs> big time. I'll give him 12 bucks. There you go. Brian's going to donate 12 bucks. It's going to save the entire production. Yeah. Yeah, you can throw all <laughs> these away now. Yeah, I know, I know. God, it's such great stock, and you didn't even do it. You didn't even do anything with it. We put the posters up on Elmwood. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you do it, like, the day before it really snowed and everything got wet? No, uh, we did it. Uh, do a plastic wrap, by the way. We did it last Sunday, uh, last uh, Saturday, uh, like the week before the show. Uh, we went down there, and like she's like, "I brought tape," and she hands me masking tape that isn't <laughs> sticky at all. Yeah, right. You staple that shit there. 
And I'm like, so I'm like trying to put up a flyer with masking tape that's not sticking. So you know what? Let's go to the let's go to the we never close store because that's where I went when I put up the uh, the last Good Bar Show flyers. Nice. I grabbed a roll of duct tape. So we went there. They were out of duct tape. So we ended up grabbing Scotch tape. <laughs> and we put up flyers with Scotch tape. Staples, dude. Yeah. Staples, and then you plastic wrap around it. You know what though? Because they're not they're up. not wooden poles down there. Really? Yeah. No. They're they're like uh, I don't know, like fiberglass or what the fuck ever. Oh, okay. You can staple through fiberglass. I guess. I don't know. They hate it when you do, but... You... We, we end up in just, like, we're putting up flyers, and it's like, oh, there's, there's so many flyers here, and she's like, no, that one, like, ended, like, a month ago. Like, oh, okay, cool, we'll just cover that one up, and then just we kept finding the same flyer on every pole. Nice. And uh, and to to my surprise, as we were leaving Good Bar, I saw one of the flyers still hanging up on, on one of the poles down there. Only one of them. Uh, I only noticed one of them, but I'm sure there, were, there might have been more, I don't know, but, <laughs> you know... It was cool to see it was still up there. Yeah, that's sweet. I know when we did the uh, the last Good Bar show, I put them up, like, I, I had the little flyers like these, and I put them up in between the uh, push here to cross signs. Okay, yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool, and then I took an Instagram picture, like, at the one corner that's right across from Good Bar, like, press here to go to a kick-ass rock and roll show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I apparently have to learn a brand new song. Ooh, um, fun. By, uh, by the show. So Fine. I only got one band practice because because band practices are Mondays, but that's Christmas. So apparently I'm not allowed to have band practice that day. Loser. Ha. So um, on my Christmas, I'll be trying to learn uh, speak from I think it's yeah, it's speak from uh, Breaking Solace because I only know six songs. I only learned six songs. I've been in the band since I think September. <laughs> Our first practice wasn't until like middle of October, but I only learned six out of the. I learned all the heavy and fast songs because I got tired of playing slow stuff with Lost Elysium. Right. So now he's just like, well, we're playing acoustically, so we got to we gotta do that now. Yeah, yeah. So I, uh, I, I, I have tickets. I just don't have them on me. Yeah, I love that. You're like, hey, just, you know, for the bands that want to, you know, get tickets, just meet me at my job. I'm like, dude, I live around the corner from you. I Well, because my mom was there to get me. And, like, so I was trying to get out to the car, and Scott's like, hey, I have the tickets for you. I'm like, dude, just put them in an envelope, put them in the back. I'll, I'll, I'll grab them tonight, I'll, you know, it'll be easier, because most of the bands are from Niagara Falls. And then I thought about it when I got into the car, like, fuck, Brian's gonna be at my house tonight. <laughs> yep. What can I say? I just like guitar. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Freedom! <laughs> Freedom! Okay. Nobody listens to this show anyway. The only ones we have listening is is Mark, sometimes Karina, and sometimes Nick. Yeah. Um, uh, well, we're playing the Dreadnecks tonight, and that's because uh, Nick is playing a show with them the day after his birthday. I know. Uh, I'm supposedly going. Yeah, I'm. I'm supposedly going too. Trying not to punch the singer of one of the other bands in the face, and that's uh, <laughs> what's who are the bands playing? Uh, it's going to be the Dreadnecks, Chester Copperpot, Inherent Vice, and Irregardless. So, one of them is the lead singer that we hate, right? Yes, is it of Irregardless? Yes, fuck Irregardless, those no, pieces of no, shit. No, 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 Joe's, band, those Joe's right, are, those guys are cool. God, those guys are amazing, except for their singer. Yeah, right. But if they exactly. if, if they want to hang out with that singer, they must be terrible people that punch puppies too. <laughs> you know what that band needs? They need freedom. 
Okay, my throat hurts now. <laughs> <coughs> I went to a chiropractor today and I didn't get my back cracked at all. He's really? like, he's like, I've never. He's like, everything's set. He's like, I just don't understand why your your back didn't crack. I'm like, well, that's scary. Thank you. Yeah. Great. This thing. Cola. I think that's that, right? That's, yeah. That sounds like it, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought you were playing. Brian's making the faces and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love like it. Like the big rock star face. Well, that's one of those... <laughs> yeah, like the best is like... I used to do that in LE. I try not to do it in Breaking Solace. I fail miserably, but... <laughs> I like to do like the weird like... What am I doing? What's going on? It sounds so good. Who could be playing guitar? Oh, it's me playing guitar. It's amazing, isn't it? Like, it's like I'm always just fucking surprised. Yeah, right? God, with the hearts. Stop with the hearts. Ah. Don't she, stop with the hearts. She's not even listening. She is totally listening. Don't stop with the hearts. Are you listening? You, you just message to Joe if you're listening. <laughs> Karina, can you hear me? She's totally listening. She's, she's giving hearts for the Rage Against the Machine. doing getting ready to play the next song i have it on my phone why do you have it on your phone because i have it on my phone and instead of looking it up i'm just gonna play it off my phone oh okay yeah and i'm not gonna fuck up this time like i always do she's I'm listening, listening. See, I told yeah you. yeah i dedicate this song to you this is our wedding song <laughs> balls <laughs> anal <laughs> Dagon's listening to Dagon from Buried Beneath Concrete. He's like, It's better than freedom. <laughs> or at least in my opinion. <laughs> yep, this is the guy I picked to co-host this show. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to I don't know how to play that song. Wanna be a Canadian idiot? Don't wanna be a beer, beer swill and hockey nut. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's all I <laughs> We won't be hearing that song when we see him. No, we won't. We're not gonna be hearing like not any... likely. It, I hope I hear germs. I would love to hear germs. From yeah, that. yeah, that'd be a good one. Like, but I, I don't know. Is it just gonna be an acoustic set? Like, I, I really don't know. Like. <laughs> Like, is, if it's just like, because he's like, it's VH1 Storytellers with VH1 Unplugged or MTV Unplugged. I'm like, okay, well, those are two very different things because VH1 Storytellers is the whole band and shit. Right. And they're playing normally, but they're just giving you nice stories in between, which Weird Al, I love every time he talks to me. Like, every time he talks, it just sounds like he's talking to me. Right. So that's great. But if it's just like, because some of his songs just do not translate acoustically. Like, I'm not even get to hear one, another one. I hope he does another one rides the bus. Like it originally was, with just his drummer hitting on an accordion case. Yeah, that'd like, be cool. That, that would be cool. That's the only cover I want him to do when we, when we go, <laughs> is, you know, another one rides the bus. <laughs> James, the drummer from BBC as well. Hey, thanks, BBC! <laughs> I love Big Black Cox. <laughs> right? That's that's what... No. Uh, I love Britain. That's so attitude, dude. Yeah, I'm, I'm aware. 
like the only fucking song I know. <laughs> Apparently. Uh, every day of practice, every time I practice when I'm like setting up my gear, I play uh, all the small things. <laughs> every time. Doesn't surprise me. So it's the one of the it's one of the first uh, songs I ever saw Jake cover. So now whenever I'm Jake, I'm like. <laughs> like every fucking time. What is that? I don't know. That's you. No, that was you. Oh, Ooh. shit. I got it quiet now. Oh, now you got it worse. I just kind of whacked it earlier and it stopped doing that. So. <laughs> yeah, there you yeah. go. Yeah. See? <laughs> yeah, you got to Fonzie that shit. <laughs> just punch the jukebox. I found my thrill. <laughs> punch the jukebox. Now I got glass in my hand. <laughs> That sounds see that sounds like a really that sounds like actually sounds like a fucking uh, country song like I punched the jukebox last night got glass in my hand. <laughs> Funny thing is, Simpsons did that. Punch the jukebox got glass in my hand. Punch the jukebox got glass in my hand. Buried beneath concrete, I got my hand. Got glass in my cock and in my hand. I listen to Johnny Cash every night when I got glass in my hand. Okay, that's... I don't really do country music, so... <laughs> it worked. I liked it. I had one song that I really enjoyed. It, yeah. it, just, it was a... Uh, it's a... But I don't even remember the uh's. It was cool because uh, the I had a female singer in the band, so I was doing I did all the verses and she did the right. verses. And the way we made it sound like is we quadrupled her voice, and we had her do melodies and harmonies and octaves. So it's so and the way we had it was uh, we had it sound like it was like an old uh, an old female group from like the army from the USO. It was like hey, 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 right, hey, right, right. So it was like really cool. I don't even remember the lyrics to the song. I wrote the fucking song like ten years ago. So, <laughs> but it was like, it was just really, it was really cool how it. Did. And then I had another one where I I tried going rockabilly. I hear my mama I'm on the radio. Yeah, like it was just a really fucking. <laughs> and for some reason, it was the most in tune song on the album I had. <laughs> but or on the demos because when the band actually got together, we didn't. Uh, I, I tell you, man, it, it's back. hard to remember lyrics from like ten years ago. And I, and I I say this because like I'll remember I'll I'll get like a think so brain song stuck in my head and I'll be like how the fuck did that song go? Yeah. <laughs> and it'd be like one that we hadn't performed in like you know a decade. Yeah, it's it's fucking hard. There's like one there's one song and it's one of the first songs I ever wrote. Yeah. And well, there's two of them. One is uh, this is E. This is A. Like that was it, but uh, and then my next one was called "Us and Them," and uh, I co-wrote it with a, a a former buddy of mine. And uh, there isn't a story there; I just don't know him anymore. Yeah, but do we know anybody truly? <clears throat> That's for the uh, three o'clock uh, philosophy hour. It's about three o'clock every mo every every morning. Lily and I are up at night, laying in bed after everything is done, and we're just like, yeah. So, 
What is pain? What is life? Why? <laughs> like, it's just almost, oh, it's, it's always around three o'clock. It's so fucking weird. And then I don't have to be high. I just need like, I just don't even need to be tired. And, and I will, I can go on this huge philosophy rant that <laughs> depresses me at the end of every time. Your fucking gate. <laughs> My noise there. gate is killing your sustain. It's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Give me some reverb, baby. <laughs> so I was just gonna turn the reverb off, and I was just gonna give you like straight volume, so you were you were going past the uh, gate. <laughs> Whatever, man. Whatever works. This is this is just Brian trying to kill time, so he I doesn't just, have to come up with things to talk about. Oh, I just, I don't know. I just I'm tired of I'm really just tired of like ranting a lot, and like a lot of our shows are just me like. You know, you know what my problem with Donald Trump is. You know what my problem with Republicans are. You know what I hate about Buffalo. Oh, did you hear like Buffalo just got like there's a thing about like the subway or something like that. They they're trying to get like fifty million dollars, and but the fucking bus lines all they apparently like before twenty twelve the bus lines like extended like double as far as they used to. And now they cut them down. So, like, you used to be able to take the bus to Hamburg. You can't do that anymore now. Yeah. Because they can't afford it. Because they, they, they just can't they can't afford to keep the lines up the way it needs to go. I mean, basically, it uh, the lines that they would cut would depend on, like, ridership or whatever. I mean, like, so if, if they're not regularly getting people on those trips to Hamburg or Lockport or whatever, you know, they're not going to run them. Yeah, but the problem with that is, um, this is, like, public transportation is... is it's it's a uh what is it it's uh it's socialist it's a socialist um uh form of transportation um and the thing is with it is if it's a self-fulfilling prophecy if you go hey we're gonna cut these lines because no one's gonna ride them well no one's gonna ride them because you cut the lines and then you have to make it known that the buses are back there and that's the big problem like in east northport like that's where i'm from Public transportation is horrible. Right. Buses are terrible. There's taxis everywhere. But a bus is, when I was living there, it was 50 cents to ride it one way. Right. So, because we're going like 15 years ago. Right. 
So it was like 50 cents, we'll say a dollar or a dollar 25 now, whatever. Sure. Or you take a taxi, which could cost you 15, 20 dollars. Or what you do, what most people were doing is they were taking trains and then taking ta- uh, taking um, taxis from there. Because pretty much you can get a taxi anywhere in Long Island. It's just, it's New York City light. That's what Long Island is. So, what's that? I don't know. Let's find out. Oh, I hope it's an ass. It's not an ass. It is a flyer. Oh, it's a rave party. A rave party. I'm out. With the long, cold, dark. Aspired infliction. I haven't heard that band in a while. Aspired infliction. uh, Tyranitar? Tyranitar. Tyranitar! And a bassist, the long, cold, dark, and buried beneath concrete with DJ Taro Bun between sets. That's March 10th. At the Rock and Buffalo. Hey guys, uh, buried beneath concrete. You guys need like better. Come on, what's with the logos, guys? <laughs> when when I when I can read Tyranitar and I'm having trouble with <laughs> with your with your name. And like, Tyranitar just kind of blends into the background. Yeah, too. like 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 they don't have a stroke on the uh, on on the logo. Yeah, there's, yeah. There's no outline. Yeah, guys. If anybody wants Joe. Uh, has great rates when it comes to making flyers for you. Sure. So, uh, oh, look, more stuff. Yeah, well, this is stuff that uh, we're promoting in a minute. So. Oh, okay, cool, cool. We're promoting that in a but, minute. Yeah, uh, no, like, like uh, dude, I, your band is now my favorite band to book. I was telling Karina this the other day. You guys are my favorite band to book because your logo, you sent me vector logos. Yeah. So they look great on every flyer we, I do. We've got vectors for everything. Like, um... The Breaking Solace, like, I love when I walked into this band, because he's like, okay, so here's the Breaking Solace logo. I'm like, but where's the broken glass around it? He's like, oh, that's a different vector. Yeah. So it's a fucking different vector of it, so you can really fuck with it and change it, I and love still it, make man. it look cool. I was, I was doing a flyer, uh, starting to work on a flyer, we're still trying to confirm a last band for this particular show, but I'm working on this flyer that you guys are going to be on this show, and I'm like, I have vector graphics for them. Like, all the other bands I had to, like, make my own. Yeah. Uh, and like, this is like, but Breaking Solace has vectors. I don't have to fuck with this logo at all. Well, I can just take this, take this file and put it in here. Well, and I learned that from, uh, from Lost Elysium because everyone, because all the, the merch people were like, give us vectors because then we can, we can change it. If you're just giving us a JPEG, it's a fucking bitch to do that shit. By the way, Dagen says if it's, he says it's not death metal if you can read it. (laughs) Nice, thank you. Yeah, I got some sticks in my backyard. I'm still trying to figure out what. Uh, I took a picture of it. So I don't know what to what to call the band yet, but I already got the bundle of sticks, <laughs> so I'm good to go. Um, but I'm just I'm just fucking with you guys. Sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's just it's one of those things that because in LE, like we were like, oh, we want to do this and we want to do this and we want to do this, and they're like, well, we need fucking vectors and and the and the person slash people that were doing it a lot of times. I never asked for vectors. That's not what I wanted to do. So that looks stupid. It's for a ska band. (laughs) Or it's for the person you love. (laughs) It's for the person you love, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah! Fucking hearts. There it is. That's that's what I was working on. Yeah. Man, look at that. Oh, yeah, I forgot I'm playing that show. Yes, you are. So I got a show booked in. I actually have a, a show booked in Buffalo that will have my entire band play. That's that's cool. Wow, yeah, that's a first, isn't it? 12 years. 12 years? 12 years of all WNY radio wow. coming up. Yeah, that's... I love the Godzilla nuke thing. Oh, uh, yeah, that's great. <laughs> it was like, what the fuck can I do for this flyer for this January 19th show? And it's like, well, I've got nuke fun, so we'll put a mushroom cloud. 
And I've got Tokyo Monsters, so we'll put Godzilla. Yeah. <laughs> like, I th- it, like, when you were like, your band's my new favorite band to book, and I'm like, yeah, and? I was just trying to figure out, like, because, like, my band, we didn't know our, our drummer wasn't going to be able to play the show. Right. Like, the way the information we got originally was, yeah, I'll be good to go. Um, I may just not be able to play too much with that hand, with that arm. And now it's just like, uh, he's not going to be able to play for two to three months. Right. Uh, by the way, right now it's looking he'll be playing the show. Okay. <laughs> he's he's going to be doing cajon. We're just going to mic up the cajon. Okay. Which is great because, like, like I said, it's like our. I didn't want to cancel the show, so I mean, like, I was going to you before I even asked the band because the band was like, "Okay, I guess we'll just cancel the show." And I'm like, you know, I was like, "Well, maybe I'll just do it solo, and I'll just call it Silence the Cynic and call it a day." I got vectors for that band too. <laughs> nice. For a band I don't ever plan on playing live with, <laughs> but um, excuse me, but it was just funny because um. I go to the band and, and Dan was like, yeah, I'll do it. And then, and the Jake was like, if I can, I'd love to play the cajon. I'm like, I'm like some bands are just like, you know, oh, so, we, so, we, so start tagging Jake in the posts when I post it. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. I mean, if your friend, I mean, I thought it was just you and Dan. So I was no, just tagging the two of you guys. Yeah, no, it's me, Dan, Jake, you, hell, you, Dakota's not going to be there, but tag Dakota if you're friends with them because sure. Cause we still share everything. Right. Like right. we're one of those bands that our rule, one of our rules are when the band posts it, you have to share it too. <sighs> Excuse me. So that's, um, that's, that's the big thing. I mean, so if anybody's interested in seeing breaking solace acoustic live new year's Eve at stamps. Yeah. We got like four or five songs. Um, I think they're all going to be originals because I haven't learned anything else yet. So yeah. I really want to do a cool version of snuff because we have, um, two guitarists in this band, I really think we could do a really cool version of Snuff where it builds and it gets faster and heavier right. towards the end. Um, because I don't actually like that many um, that many songs by Slipknot, but right. I cried the first time I ever heard Snuff. It's a good song. So, um, And I didn't even hear Snuff. The first time I heard Snuff, like, um, Paul Gray was already dead. <laughs> like, <laughs> it had been like years. And someone's just like, well, you, you should love Snuff. I'm like, why? And like, because Malcolm McDowell's in the music video. I'm like, I, I, I have to check out the music video. <laughs> and I had to watch the music video. The first time I watched it, I couldn't watch it because I was enjoying the song so much. I closed my eyes. Right. And I, I do that a lot when I want to give respect to the song. Sure. If I really, if, if it's one thing to just listen to the song and go, okay, this is a good song. Then I'll throw this in my MP3 player or whatever and then listen to it later. But like this was the, the the video was so good and the song was so good I had to actually watch the video on mute and I had to watch the song not looking at the fucking video. <laughs> it was just like, I get really that. Cool. Yeah, I can I can understand that. But we got two guitars, so having one guy, I'm planning on putting all my guitars and making them pie, have piezo so they can sound acoustic. So I want to um, excuse me, I want to do something like that where we started off acoustic. And then just do all these weird noises and shit, and and I don't know, because you know me, I'm the weird noise guy. I'm bringing this and I'm bringing that into bring. I already told Bring Solace, I'm like, you're gonna get some weird noise, <laughs> guys. I'm a weird noise guy, so I've got, I still have my pedal board set up. I don't use it anymore, but I still got my pedal board set up. So when we're recording, I can just do all weird noises and shit. Right. <laughs> but uh, when we come back, uh, we're gonna find out how Star Trek: The Final Frontier. Uh, works out in the uh, Joe Knows Jack uh, sure. Star Trek rules. Um, and then uh, then we can finally get on to the good shit. The good Star Trek next generation. <laughs> so 
So uh, we we just uh, we just promoted the uh, New Year's Eve show a little bit. So let me uh, let me promote that whole thing. You guys are kicking us off uh, at nine o'clock. I'm just kicking you off. Like that's it. Get out. <laughs> yeah. Breaking Sol is kicking the show off at at, at nine o'clock. Uh, doing an acoustic set. We're gonna have XM Priory up at ten. Billy Draws Two is gonna be playing eleven to midnight. And then uh, Tokyo Monsters will be on at twelve fifteen. Cool. That's gonna be it's gonna be a cool show. So that's how we're gonna celebrate New Year's Eve now. This is how you're going to celebrate Christmas. This Saturday night at Mohawk Place, it is the annual CPXmas with the Albrights, Last Conservative, and more at Mohawk. And, and more is it this one too? And more and 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 more on this show is not Billy Draws Two. Oh, <laughs> uh, it is the CPX, Last Conservative, the Albrights, and the Innocent Bystanders. So the Innocent Bystanders are also and more. Yeah. <laughs> Because there's four bands. Oh well, yeah, but here it only has the Albrights and last. And uh, well, the CPX is oh, like okay. in the name of the show. Oh, okay, okay. So you yeah. know, and um, I love that the CPX hash parentheses duh. <laughs> yeah, I'm and uh, and a portion of the ticket sales will be benefiting Horizon Health Services, who provide help to folk with with mental health and substance abuse problems in Western New York. That's me. <laughs> And uh, so, and this is a thing they do like every year. Like the CPX isn't really a band anymore, but they get back together. They do this Christmas thing. Oh, that's cool. Uh, which is really cool. Are they a punk band? Uh, they are a, a country punk band. That's what CPX. CPX. I was thinking that country but... country punk extravaganza. I, you know what? I had a feeling that's what it was going to be too. That's uh, that's my boy Andrew J. Rymers. That's his uh, his old band. He's now in the Rearview Ramblers. Oh and also yeah, yeah. He was telling solo me. Yeah, stuff. yeah, I remember him. Are uh, uh, are are you going? I'm going. Yes, Are you? I'll be there. I may go. But I may I be a little late, but I'll be there. I'll definitely be there at least for the CPX. Oh wait, it's the 23rd. I, I'm not going. I got my kids. Yeah, I have. I have them until uh, until New Year's Eve. Until uh, not New Year's Eve, Christmas Eve. But uh, what song by from these band from uh, this band are we going to play? I figure it would be appropriate to play Christmas song. By the CPX that on makes, all WNY Radio. That makes a hell of a fucking lot of sense to me, Joe. Here it is. Think so, Joe Show. So quiet. I just can't do this face to face, is what she wrote. In a ten page letter. Said nothing better than I don't even know. But a thousand words can take their toll. A thousand more's too long. But by the time I finished reading, Hard to say she wasn't wrong And I may not quite provide for you Like some men would But you bet your ass If I had cash I gave her what I could Oh, and every night you spent without me doing up the town I 
CPX on all WNY radio, the Think So Joe show. Country punk extravaganza! I love, I love me some CPX, man. I can't wait for the show on Saturday. I've, I have not gotten to go to the CPX miss yet. This is going to be my first one. So Nice. And what annual, what, what year is this? Third? I believe this is the third. You got to go up. I'm sure. I'm, where is it? It's a CPX. Third annual CPX oh, miss. Boom. Yes, third annual, uh, and this is this is gonna be my first one, and I'm really excited because like once like when I started getting into the CPX is when the CPX started like to dwindle off <laughs> and and then become the Rearview Ramblers, yeah. and um, and we've had the Ramblers on the show, so yeah, that's, that's, we had Andrew that's why I remember the name CPX. Right, we had Andrew and Katie. They came in and uh, they were the last band that got to that got to do a full cover on this show because they did a uh, real big fish beer. Oh, okay. Never heard Ska of it. song. Yeah. <laughs> terrible band. No, definitely not a terrible band. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> they'll get, you know, Real Big Fish, they'll get better one day. <laughs> real. It should really just be called Real Big Guppies or something. I tell you about when I when I got the Real Big Fish t-shirt at Warp Tour and then we went to, like, I went to a Breaker Box show later that night at Ironworks. Yeah. And somebody was like, hey, I like your shirt. I, I like to fish too. I like to catch yeah, big yeah. bass and big trout and, like... Yeah, yeah, that's not what the shirt is. I love big ass too. <laughs> love me some big ass. Like that that's that's not what the shirt is, dude. Like <laughs> I love that you have Uno Dos and Trey on there. 
Yeah, well, like my entire record collection is on my phone. Yeah, I just got a. I just up, got my phone upgraded to 125 gigs, so I'm up to 60 gigs of music right now. That's what I got is 128. I think I need to get a bigger one. <laughs> Damn. And you bought all of it? All of it is stuff I own. That's whether cool. whether I got it for free or like legally got it for free. That's that's what I was wondering. Yeah, no, it, I, it's all stuff I legally own. Mine's mostly not. But. Yeah, my mine is all stuff I legally own. Uh, either ripped from the CD or or downloaded from you know Amazon or wherever. All of my stuff is definitely legally owned by someone. <laughs> I'm not not necessarily great. you. Well, a lot of them are like I own them at one time or another. Well, you don't even know that that the stuff that you got is legally owned by someone else. They could have like robbed it from the store or something. Touche. So go. so you don't know that it's legally owned. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, um, I finally got the whole Blink One Two discography. Because the way I had it set up on my phone, it was because I had it, like, downloaded for, throughout the years. Yeah. So I had, like, seven different folders, because it was Blink-182, Blink-Space-Space-182, <laughs> Blink-Space-182, shit like that. So I finally got it set up, now it's all in one, and I finally got Sheshire Cat, Buddha, Dude Ranch. So I was, I was actually listening to Sheshire Cat, and then I got the Japanese release downloaded of Emily oh, nice. State. And that Japanese release has all these live, live in LA stuff of the songs before they were released on, um, on Enema of the State. So you get to hear, like he, they did Aliens Exist, and it's a, uh, it's a, it's a rough version of Tom doing Aliens Exist, exist, <laughs> and it's really cool because he does a, it's a different vocal melody, right? So and it's, um, I mean, it's still like, I don't know, it's it's still Tom DeLonge, so it's it's <laughs> it's weird, but it just makes me miss live tom before he's really started doing cocaine and changed his voice right like that never that never like stuck it never stuck with me like how you can completely change your singing he probably did it just to help himself like like james hetfield he he changed his the sing singing so he can keep singing yeah right but um still like i actually like former singing a lot more but i guess everyone likes most people like james hetfield singing before yeah, before Black Album, I hate Black Album. Um, I hate <laughs> I hate his vocals in the Black Album, but they just sound too compressed for me. I like his vocals on Master Puppets and pretty much anything else before that or after. Dagon's still sending us music, man. <laughs> yeah, we'll get you back. I will. Pl we'll play some more of your stuff someday. Some someday. <laughs> someday. I mean, we got someday. There, there are a ton of bands around here. We're trying to get exposure for yeah, people and, to. And, you know, and like, and we have to keep playing my music because I I have like bands galore. So yes, yes. I'm actually submitting uh, my next EP uh, tonight. So I mean, we could do. Uh, we could we could uh, we could play that in a couple of weeks because next week we're gonna. Plug the, uh, the, the my band again. We're gonna plug your band again. Yeah, we could, and then in a couple of weeks because that's Dagon and that's not buried beneath concrete. That's two different bands. Yeah, so we can do that. We can play that in a couple of weeks. Just remind me two weeks from yesterday. Two weeks from yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, and and uh, that I that I said I would play it. <laughs> I forget these things. Yes, he does. I totally do. Like I completely forgot about this movie I just watched right before you got here. That was smooth. That ah, was a nice transition. Got you into the got you into the segment. <laughs> I ruined the I ruined the transitions when I go. That's a nice transition. 
<laughs> but they are so good sometimes. It's like you went to college just to learn smooth transitions like that. Maybe that is what I learned in college. I don't know. <laughs> you should play this one day. Will do. Awesome. <laughs> if you just keep uh, there, we go. just keep writing. I'll just keep saying it on on the air, dude. <laughs> I'm not kidding here. It'd be like Fetty Wap. <laughs> be the next one. Um, okay, so um, Joan, if if anybody has, if you've never listened to this show until today, besides Dagon, I'm not, <laughs> not going to call you Dagon, I'm going to call you Dagon. <laughs> um, if you've never listened to this show until today, well, you suck, <laughs> but you're better now because you're actually listening. So uh, we have this segment called Joe Knows Jack because Joe goes, I know everything about music because I'm amazing, penis. So, um, <laughs> so I would... <laughs> you didn't even, like, hesitate. <laughs> See, the the best thing is Dagon, butthole, um, has never actually listened to the show, and I've said a lot worse things than penis and butthole. Yeah, for sure. So, um, I've <laughs> said, my first sentence some days, some, some weeks, are more offensive than penis and butthole. This is true. I'm better now. So, um... But Joe's like, I know everything there is to know about music. And I was like, no, you don't. And he's just like, you know what, Brian, you're right. I will <laughs> guzzle your cock later. Um, but he's like, I don't like movies, except for stupid movies that I watch constantly over and over and over and over again, like Home Alone, Home Alone 2, Home Alone 5. It's just like, <laughs> it's just fucking. It's She's like, not listening this week. You don't have to impress her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I know, right? Cut scab. So, um, uh, so. He was just like, okay, well, we gave him all these movies, and we used to give him choices and shit like that. And then we were like, uh, this is a year ago. It's been officially a year. Yeah. Because you, we started off with Jurassic Park. That was one of the first ones. And you were like, I hate this. Last year. <laughs> so, um, and I know that because I just got a thing, a time hop that told me, I think it was yesterday, that, um, that you were announcing that Dan Twist was going to be on the show for the first time. Right, well, the first time co-hosting. Right, and now where is he now? I don't know, but I'm still here, bitches. So, um, so we started giving him series and 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 sequels and shit like that, and he's just like, just don't give me Star Trek. And it took me a year of really just beating him down uh, emotionally and physically. <laughs> Fine, give me Star Trek. And he's like Star Trek, and so far he is pretty much liked most of the Star. I think uh, definitely the majority of Star Treks. He's like. Especially Khan, Wrath of Khan. He's he's loved that. He's loved the 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 the, the newest three. Star Trek Four, I think, was the best one out of all of them so far because it's just fucking funny. Yeah, <laughs> like the them in like modern day San Francisco yeah. or nineteen eighty <laughs> San Francisco. Modern anyway. day eighty San Francisco. Nineteen eighty San Francisco. I'm good with anything from San Francisco. <laughs> Go going ahead. to San <laughs> Francisco. Um, I love that. Like, it just says that Dagon is typing. Like, is it just like a, a paragraph of shit I'm gonna have to read later? Maybe, like that, or he's just masturbating and he has it left on on his on his computer and he's masturbating off his phone. Which, dude, it's the other way around. So, um, <laughs> he stopped typing that. after he nice. said that. He's just like, God, I can't masturbate in peace. I got the radio talking about it now. God, see, you're you're like penis butthole. I'm like masturbate cock, ham and eggs between the legs. So I love that one. The pink taco. But so we got we got into uh Star Trek the Final Frontier. So this is apparently this is when they thought this is the last Star Trek ever movie. Which, and how many more do I have after this? You got like four or five more. Jesus. 
<laughs> but uh, we were we were all worried about you not uh, getting through the uh, about us getting through the new year with it. And then, like, you forgot a week, and then I didn't show up a week, and now we're like, oh, now we got, like, all of January covered, too. Yeah, right. But, so, you got the final frontier. Star Trek was a six, seven? Six. Six? Six. Okay, so, what did you think of Star Trek The Final Frontier? It wasn't as bad as you led me to believe. <laughs> I, you know, it was, it, it's, my thing with these movies is, like, I keep the expectations so low. On well, you you keep the expectations low, and the thing with them is like, it it, I have a hard time following the plot sometimes, because it's like, what the fuck is going on, and then like it all comes together in the end, but it's all like, you know, it's Star Trek. <laughs> it's Star Trek. At the end of the day, it's Star Trek. This one I thought was uh, it it was better produced than uh, the other ones so far. Oh, you think so, Blue Waffle? <laughs> I do, I do. <laughs> I don't know who produced it, so I'm not even gonna look it up. Yeah, me neither. But I thought it was, I thought it was, uh, you know, it seemed like they had a better budget, or the effects had just gotten better, uh, which is probably the case. Well, yeah, because this was the first one was in the early. No, what was it? Um, this is like mid to late '80s. This one, and I think yeah. Generations is like '80. Is like ninety two or something. See now that I'll, that'll look up because it's the next one. Right, that one I care about. <laughs> Star, no, not Star Trek. Star Trek Generation. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, I don't have fucking Wi Fi because your fucking thing. So it's gonna take a, a minute or two. But yeah, so go on. Yeah, I it. Uh, but this was basically the uh, the closure between Kirk and the Klingons. Uh, <laughs> at least that's what I got out of it because it was like, hey, you're trying to kill us, so we're going to try and kill you. And then at the end, they realized that it wasn't them trying to, it wasn't Kirk trying to kill them. Yeah. And, and, and then it was like, we should all be friends now because I'm, I forgive you for killing my son. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's pretty much it. So, so would you recommend it to other people? Would you say like, hey, if you, if you've got to watch. If someone's telling you to sit down and watch all of the Star Trek things for a radio show, like you should also watch this one. Um, it was okay. I don't know if I'd watch it as a standalone movie, but if you have to watch all of the Star Treks, yeah, throw that way. I, I I guess you would have to. <laughs> well, there's some like like uh, what was it like the last one? Was it uh, the Voyage Home? Yeah, yeah, I think that was the Voyage Home. I, I don't remember anything from that movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's been a week. Yeah, it's been a week. Well, the next one is uh, is an amazing film. It is a fucking masterpiece. It is titled Star Trek Generations, and this is the gap. This is the uh, this bridges the gap between Star Trek with Captain Kirk and William Shatner, and uh, with Star Trek: The Next Generation with Picard, Picard and Patrick Stewart. Right. So, um, and it's it's amazing. It is just a fucking amazing fucking movie. So this has, this has uh, some of your loved Star Treks from one, and then some from the the newer one. So uh, from Star Trek, I'm saying the newer one, but Star Trek Generation came out in like eighty, <laughs> right, eighty nine or some shit like that. So, <laughs> but uh, it was if they had the Star Trek movies with Shatner coming out the same time they had Next Generation on TV, which was weird. Right. But it was still all connected. So, um, but yes, they, um, this is a really nice gap. It's got one of my favorite actors in it, Malcolm McDowell. And I like him not because he's good, but because he's so bad. So, um, 
But yeah, um, I can't wait for you to watch that. And uh, we do we have a do we have uh, the show Wednesday next week? I'm okay with it if you are. Okay, so as of right now, until I know if I'm having band practice on Tuesday, <laughs> that's what we're doing. Yeah, I'm okay. I mean, that's two days after Christmas, so that that's yeah. fine with me. So when everyone's still playing their 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 Xboxes and their Genesises and stuff. <laughs> you know they got that new pong game uh they can listen to this show while they're playing that new pong game if anybody uh listens to my other podcast we are not on this weekend or the following weekend the p- other people on that podcast don't even listen to this podcast i know that's why we're talking about re- that's why i talked about i've spent like 20 minutes on wrestling <laughs> it's more than we've spent probably in the last month on the on the wrestling podcast which is weird because which is weird, because to be fair, it's wrestling hasn't been that bad as of late. No, like, it's just a matter of like finding time to watch it. And, and and then you got Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho coming up. You think you guys would just be jizzing over that? <laughs> that is just like, that is internet fucking... Well, uh, one of us is going to that match. Really? Yes. Who? Uh, Drow Goddess, from, uh, from our, uh, our, our female correspondent from Texas, is going to Japan for Wrestle Kingdom. Is she really? Yes, she is. Wow. Yeah. So is she... She should like fucking live. Is she live tweeting and shit? Can you do that in Japan? I, I do they no allow idea. tweeting in Japan? I would imagine so. I have no idea, but she's yeah. She's got her plane ticket. She's got her her ticket to to uh, Wrestle Kingdom. Holy shit! Yeah, that's gonna be uh, that's gonna be cool for her. I, I that's like that's like pure American respect right there for the, for the craft of wrestling, for the art of wrestling. Uh-huh. And she gets she has to go that far to watch Chris Jericho wrestle. <laughs> And here's the cool thing. I don't know if he's going to win. Yeah, right. Because he's so okay with putting people over. Yeah, right. Like, if anybody doesn't know, it's Chris Jericho is one of the greatest of all time wrestlers. Yes. Uh, and of course... That, not that's one we agree on. Yeah. And then the best part is, is well, uh, well, well, I'm going to get back to that in a second. But, <laughs> yeah, I know you are. But uh, he's one of the best in, in the world. He was one of the... It doesn't matter what company he was in. He was one of the best to watch uh, on the mic and one of the best to watch in the ring. Uh, and that's ECW, WCW, and uh, WWE. Part of me wishes he just did one quick run in TNA just to say he did it, but yeah, right. They can't afford him, so right. Um, I wonder if he signed to a Legends contract or something like that. He, he, you know, he's still getting paid from WWE one way or another. Yeah, because they always want to be on his good side. But um, and then Kenny Omega is actually an American and Canadian. He, Oh, is, he, is Kenny Omega Canadian? Yes, he is. Wow! So America sucks! <laughs> God, our best wrestler's probably like AJ Styles now. Now, yeah, I'd give you AJ Styles. I love, you know, I have to say, I loved AJ Styles in TNA when they really, when he when he started growing his hair out, really. When he stopped, like, when he hit, started hanging out with Christian and Ric Flair and stuff. Because you could tell, like, he was he was trying to learn as much as he could. Right. And then he fucking walks away. And like he comes in the WWE and he just shines. It's like he it's like he didn't want to really work hard in TNA towards the end. Cause he, in TNA he really wanted to be a wrestler and not a sports entertainer. So and I think that's why I think that's why TNA got so many WWE wrestlers, because they needed sport sports entertainers to go with the great wrestling they had. Sure. So um sort of like how WCW had uh they needed the the names to go with the wrestling that they had. Yeah, right. Um but yeah, so um, so you have Kenny Omega, who's arguably the best in the world right now, and his his big accomplishments are really um, um, Japan. Yeah, New Japan, right? That's yeah. Okay, 
Isn't there an All Japan also? There's also an All Japan, yes. Yeah, okay, but so nobody talks about All Japan. It's all New Japan. Yeah, it's all, so it's, <laughs> it's New Japan. So these two are like wrestling, and and it was it just sort of came out of nowhere. It's the it's the the bomb of this of the fucking century. Like last yeah. time, last time there was ever a surprise like this, it was Hulk Hogan with the NWO, right? Yeah. Like um, Vince McMahon and the Ministry. <laughs> <laughs> It was me, Austin. Uh, the Montreal Screwjob. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. like, uh, but and that was and that was real. That was only, yeah. Only some people knew, like the <clears throat> Earl Hebner screwed Brett, um, and stuff like that. But, Brett screwed Brett. Let's be fair. <laughs> Brett did not screw Brett. Brett screwed. Time honored tradition, Brian. Yeah. Time honored yeah. tradition. Okay. But um. And, and I know you wanted to come back to to talking about who the best in ring performer is because you always want to debate me on this. Because it's uh, you 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 always tell me it's Bret Hart, and I say he's a four out of ten. And... Oh, you call him a four? <laughs> no, isn't that Triple H? Didn't Triple H call him a four out of ten? No, Bret Hart called Triple H a four out of oh, okay. ten. Triple that's H. The, that's the joke. Well, okay. So <laughs> we'll well let's let's play a song a little early. Sure. And then we're gonna get into wrestling because you know what? Oh, jeez. Because that's that's more fun. Talking wrestling on this podcast is more fun for Joe than talking wrestling on his wrestling podcast. <laughs> Apparently, this is uh, this is uh, a band that's playing uh, out this Friday night uh, over at Stamps. By the way, Star Trek Generations was nineteen ninety four. Okay, okay, cool. Uh, this is a band playing out this Friday night at Stamps, uh, and uh, they're they're good friends of ours. We've got them coming up uh, on a show later on in the in twenty eighteen. Uh, this is the Lady or the Tiger, and this song is called. The Slums of Atlantis on all WNY Radio, The Things to Joe Show. I forget myself. I smile a bit too long. A woman flees inside. See the slums of Atlantis, where 
the president's trade judge and talk about everything with me and you. Or the Tiger, all WNY Radio, Think So Joe Show. By the way, catch the catch the uh, other podcast that those guys do. Uh, and now the name of the podcast escapes me. <laughs> <laughs> you, you remember I forgot Ryan's name the yeah. last time we were talking about it. The other podcast. Just go, <laughs> to other Lady, podcast. go to Lady or the Tiger's Facebook and they'll probably have a yeah. up there. No, it's the Struggle is Real podcast. There you with, go. With Dennis and Ryan from the, from the Lady or the Tiger. Yeah, see, I got it without looking it up. Congrats. Yeah. I don't have to I don't have to send apology Facebook messages today. Nice. <laughs> so, wrestlers. Okay. Okay. Um are we going I'm just going to start naming the category cuz there's definitely one of the best in-ring technicians, Bret the Hitman Hart. Technician sure. He could carry a man. I mean, he carried uh, an, a heroin rattled fucking British bulldog through like an hour long match. And it's still on the books as one of the greatest wrestling matches of all sure. time. I don't deny Bret Hart's talent. I just don't put him up there with, you know, the greatest in-ring performers of all time. Now, technician. Technician, I will give you. But, I mean, I just look back and, like, I mean, he was one of the first to go through a table in WWF. True. And he did so many amazing things. I mean, right now, to this day, I can watch him put a fucking figure four around a um, a pole, a turnbuckle pole, and I, my knees still quiver. Like, he makes... Ev- he, he made everything look great. He bashes his head on the floor and concusses himself. He did not bash his head on the floor and concuss himself. That's, that is... Uh, that's... I, I recently heard that that's exactly what happened and why he had to retire. It wasn't the kick from Goldberg. It was bashing his head on the floor doing the figure four around the ring post. I disagree with that. I, I don't know how true that is, but I've recently heard that. So, I don't know where I heard it from, so it's probably not a reputable source. So, <laughs> um... I think overall greatest performer. Now, when I say overall greatest performer, I mean great on the mic. Sure. Great in matches. Sure. And I also include um, a great entrance and great entrance music. Okay. Shawn Michaels. Yes. Chris Jericho. Yes. CM Punk. Yes. And I want to say it's a different style. Because those three all have roughly the same style. They can be high-flying if they want to be and stuff like that. I also count Raven in that. Okay. Because Raven had great matches. Um, and he was one of the first wrestlers that had a, a three-dimensional character. You and I are you and I are, are huge fans of Raven to a point where we actually went to a show that he was on. Yeah. Sat front row, paid the money to go get in the ring yeah. and get our pictures taken and autographs. Yeah, and uh and and I mean just you and I we we bond over Raven because that's you know one of both of our favorite yeah. wrestlers. Well and it's funny because I didn't even like grunge. Like I didn't get into Raven until like ninety eight. I mean ECW had just like hit TNN. Right. 
So and, that was when he first came back to 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 ECW from yeah, WCW. Exactly. So like when, it was that first episode he showed up on. Yeah, and then when they got off of TNN, there was some station, it was some public access station that was playing past matches and stuff. Yeah. And like greatest hits or some shit like that. And I'd see some of those matches, like him with the Sandman and him Tommy Dreamer and him with Mikey Whipwreck and, and shit like that. And and I was just like I was just I was fucking floored. And then and then I saw him with, um, and then I did see him in some WCW stuff, but I didn't get a lot of it until YouTube, because um, I was really a WWF guy. And then I even liked the stuff when he was like the king of Sunday Night Heat. Yeah. And shit I, like that. I've been a Raven fan since his original ECW run. And just because his promos were great, and he's he's a very uh, intelligent individual. You know, he's got his own podcast. Yeah. The Raven Effect podcast, yeah, uh, which uh, which I enjoy listening to to uh, clips of every now and then because it's like you get to hear these stories from him, and he's a he's a very well spoken, yeah, and intelligent guy, and he's he's he owns up to his past, where he's like, yeah, I was so fucked up at this meeting, I don't remember shit that happened. All I know is I fucking left, and then I had a drink with Eric Bischoff. <laughs> well, like that's the thing, like the Raven's Nest. And the flock was so good. Yeah. And then they just threw it all away when he came to WWF. Like they never, they never gave him the shot that he deserved. Even though he was the main reason that ECW did so well when it did, and he was the main reason that WCW did so well, because it was pretty much he took. They, I mean, Vince Russo pretty much said, "Go." Yeah. Just do it. Do whatever you think is right. And, like, he didn't get his choice of flock members because he was just like, what? Because apparently, like, he's not a big fan of Billy Kidman because Billy Kidman would... Because they're like, they tried saying Billy Kidman had a heroin addiction but wouldn't say heroin. But Kidman, like, would only once in a while, like, scratch himself and then, like, just stop. And, yeah. like, if you got a heroin addiction, you're not doing shooting shooting star presses off the top of yeah, Right. <laughs> like, he, he's just... And it was funny because he said that. I'm like, but to be fair, I actually liked him... And the only other person I liked was Scotty Riggs. And he was just like, yeah, Scotty Riggs, I guess he was okay. He's like, I didn't want him. He's like, then he did a really good job. And, you know, you know, you, you can't really bitch about someone yeah. who's able to fucking wrestle with a fucking, with no depth perception whatsoever. All right, what about what about great heels? Guys who really, like, convinced the crowd to fucking hate them. Uh, the Dudley Boys. Yes. ECW. Shane Douglas. Uh... Shane Douglas was causing riots in ECW. The problem was is EC the problem was is ECW loved the bad guys too. Yeah. And they loved him when he said fuck Ric Flair. Sure. Like that's the problem. Like it depended where ECW was because in, like in Philly, like towards the end, especially, they were like, no, we love him. The Dudley boys always got fucking shit on. Even because the the first ECW match I ever saw, the first full ECW one was when Raven came back and became tag team champion with Tommy Dreamer beating the Dudley Boys because they were going to WWF. So now let's rewind three years and let's talk about Shane Douglas and the Pitbulls. Okay, okay yeah. Because and, and, before and, and, you and had Rick the, Rude. <laughs> yeah, well, before the Dudley Boys and before the Dudley and before Devon and Bubba Ray became a tag team and, and started running roughshod. What the fuck was that? That's my ear. Uh, my tooth, sorry. Okay. Uh, before they started running rough shot and, t and turning, you know, causing riots in ECW, Shane Douglas, like people wanted to kill him. Yeah, and and, and the the infamous angle with the pit bulls where he broke legit Gary Wolf's neck. Yeah, 
And um, I love that ECW. Just like, oh, oh, you broke his neck. Oh man, it's not like, oh, you're unsafe or anything. It's like we got to use that for a storyline. Did the so, same thing with Sabu. So he comes back, and he's got the you know Gary Wolf, and he's got the the, yeah. the halo, the surgically surgically implanted halo. And and what nobody knew was that he didn't need the damn thing anymore. Yeah. So Shane Douglas grabs him by this fucking thing and just shakes him around violently, throws him to the ground, and has to bail out the back yeah. door of the arena because so many people were pissed. People are jumping the guardrails. They got fucking riot squads there trying to stop them from getting to him. Okay, you want, but if you're going to do that, I mean, you got to throw Jerry Lawler in there as one of the Oh, of best. course. Now, it's hard to call Jerry Lawler one of the best all-time heels because he was such a face for most of his career in sure. Memphis. Sure. But Jerry Lawler, the second he joined WWF, for some reason, it's like, hey, it's time to be a heel. And he's like, I got you covered. Uh, because it's, <laughs> And, and I, I think what people don't realize is that he was the face in the Andy Kaufman thing. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like, Because you have to remember, I mean, he was, it's easier to be a heel. Yeah. Or at least back in the day, it was easier to be a heel. Now it's hard to be a heel because, um, because there's, K-Fab's, K-Fab's dead. Yeah. So, but um, I think... Him and Jim Cornette. I mean, Jim Cornette's definitely for sure. And Bobby Heenan. I mean, Bobby Heenan for sure. Yeah, and like those those two guys are were just like they would. Cre- Bobby Heenan was the funny was the funny heel that you still didn't like him, but you wanted to hear what he had to say. Jim Cornette was the heel that you're like, get the fuck off the stage, get out of the ring, get. And like there were there were he he was in ECW sometimes, and he created riots too. So I mean, I don't know, like. <laughs> Um, I'm trying to figure out like who's who's all time heel. I have to consider Triple H as one of the best all time heels. Okay, I it's he's very watered down now, but I can't think like him in the the getting Stephanie wasted, drugging her and marrying her thing. Like, like it should have it should have made test. It should, it should have it yes. should have made test because if he was a better if he had more charisma. He could have turned that and become a main event player. But what it did is it made Triple H a main event player forever. Yeah, for sure. So, um, again, CM Punk's probably one of the best heels. I mean, his his straight-edge society, like, that could have gone for years if they gave him the chance. That could have gone for fucking years. Um, uh, Other heels. Uh, I mean, if you really want to say one of the greatest heels of wrestling of all time, Vince Russo. <laughs> but that's for all the wrong reasons. Yeah, for, for sure. Former WCW champion, Vince Russo. Oh, uh, we're, we're sitting there. There's a show on TBS. It's called Drop the Mic. It's uh, celebrities doing rap battles, right? And uh, my coworker was sitting there watching it because it's on Tuesday nights, 1030. Uh, he's sitting there watching last night. He's like, I think that's David Arquette. And I got up and I looked at the TV and I said, yep, that's former WCW champion David Arquette. Nice. <laughs> Yeah, I can't believe Vampiro was never in WWF. I know because he had such a he had such a, a cool style. Yeah, I always I always liked Vampiro, but and I never saw any of his um, Lucha Underground stuff. So well, he was just uh, to be fair, he had like one match in Lucha Underground. Oh, okay, which you should watch that match. It's one of those you still got it things, right? It was it's it was just probably like for the longest time. My favorite hardcore match was Mick Foley and Edge at uh, WrestleMania 22. Oh, yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, Vampiro and, uh, and Pentagon Dark. Yeah, that, really? that that one, yeah. Okay. That surpassed I'll, it. I'll watch that, because I, I have it on Netflix, so. Like, I'm not a fan of, I'm not usually a fan of matches that have light tubes involved, and this one was one of those, but it was like, 
it was done well. I don't understand because light tubes don't hurt. Yeah. Unless you know you're being slammed on them. Right. Which but, is which is typically what happens. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I've been hit with them, not slammed on them. Thank God. Yeah, I mean that's typically what happens. Is then you got the glass everywhere, and there's stuff in those things that cause cancer, you know. Yeah, baby powder. <laughs> I know because that's how I used to do it. Is I used to throw baby powder in there. <laughs> um, but I don't know. Like I have to look at it and go. If you want to know how good a wrestler is, put them in a ring with another wrestler, and it really should be the showstopper, right? Sure. So, and we'll go back to what you said off the air. It was Ric Flair versus versus Shawn Michaels? Now the thing is, is Shawn Michaels was a great performer there. Yeah. He was a great wrestler. I think Flair was a little too past his prime, but what he brought was he brought the emotion to the match. Sure. And, so, and, and, and that's I think that's Flair. To me, his that, whole career was he brought the emotion to the match. To me, that's one of the, the best matches in WrestleMania history is Shawn Ooh. Michaels, Ric Flair. And, and, I, and I know like there's a lot of matches that you, you can put up there with that, but that's one of my personal favorites. I just watched this one match yesterday, right? And people are gonna would crucify me if there are any wrestling fans listening, right? Okay. I had to show my buddy because I, I was tell I was talking to my buddy Jack who does not watch wrestling, and he's just like, "Yeah, I didn't even know Drax the Destroyer was a was a wrestler." Okay. And I'm like, "Well, they were really trying to build him up as this animal, as this fierce thing, so they gave him the the biggest heel in the company, and he murdered him at WrestleMania." Yeah. And I was him versus Triple H, and he's just like, "Well, that's something I've got to see," so. I actually threw it up on YouTube, and we watched it, and he was just like, holy sh... Because the entire match is like 15 minutes of just him killing Triple H, and right. all the referees like, should we stop the match? And I'm like, I forgot how much I like this, because I was so in awe when I watched... I remember watching it live, and I was so in awe, because Triple H is the guy, and they were already talking about him, you know, him, um, you know, uh, using the shovel on people, so... Um, <laughs> And burying so, them. So. so we've been talking about great in-ring performers, and 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 now we're talking about great WrestleMania matches. How have we not mentioned Ricky Steamboat and Randy Savage in either of those either of those categories? It's 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 difficult. I think it's hard for me to like uh, Ricky Steamboat in general because I not only didn't get, I, I not only wasn't watching wrestling. Sure, because I was born in '86. This is true, which is almost already past his prime. Right. Um. So. <laughs> The only live Ricky Steamboat match I saw was him versus uh, Chris Jericho at a WrestleMania. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so, um, and the other thing is, is I really only have a couple of matches to go off of. Right. And I understand how great Randy Savage was, and he really could have wrestled a mop that day, and it would have been an amazing match. Sure. So I. But do, but yeah, that, 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 that is a great WrestleMania match. That's though. that's yeah. one of the matches that if you are trying to get into wrestling and you're like, what's the big deal? Go fucking watch Randy Savage and Ricky Steamboat WrestleMania three. I mean, matches. If you're trying to get into wrestling and you want to know what wrestling is versus sports entertainment, that's one of those matches. Another one of those matches is Shawn Michaels Razor Ramon WrestleMania ten. If you want, yeah. In my opinion, to this day. The greatest WrestleMania match of all time. Say it, and I'll agree with you. Bret Hart versus Owen Hart <laughs> WrestleMania Ten. I'll give you that one. I will like, give you that one. That has everything in it, and like I the, knew where you were going. That made Owen Hart. Yeah. Like, and it was funny because everyone's just like, "Well, that was Bret's coming out." Because I'm like, "No," because Owen beat Bret Hart. Yes. And then he became the King of Hearts a few months later. And that was that was a heck of a match, and it was it was really, and you, 
but that's the thing is when you got two two guys who know each other so well, yeah, they can put on incredible matches. Well, and they wanted what was it, Bruce Hart to do it? And I'm like, why? Because fucking Owen was he was in the WWF for years. Why would you look well, let's get Bruce Hart from Stampede Wrestling, who hasn't really wrestled yeah, right. his schedule? Um yeah, but uh no, that's I will agree with you, that's one of the best. Uh, let me tell you something about Randy Savage, though. Randy Savage is such a great in-ring performer, he got a hell of a match out of the ultimate warrior at yeah. WrestleMania. When he was Macho King. When he was Macho King, yes. Yeah. So that 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 was good. That was uh that was very good. And just the, the whole emotion surrounding the match with Elizabeth in the crowd yeah. and Savage. It's a retirement match, so whoever uh, like I've I've watched on YouTube two indie wrestlers recreate that match in its entirety. Really? Like move for move. Wow. And like the crowd is sitting there and like That's like plagiarism. <laughs> And, and 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 they've got the thing where, you know, Savage just hits a shit ton of, like, the flying elbow from yeah. the top rope. And the fans are chanting, and they're like, six more, six more. Like, they, nice. like they know what's going on. And just, so, like, that's that's how much of an iconic match that that yeah. is. And, and, and so, I mean, like... Y- to discount Randy Savage as one of the greatest in-ring performers is, is, is a glaring oversight. How about the Owen Hart Memorial match, Chris Benoit versus Bret Hart? Sure. Like, because I feel bad, like, because Chris Benoit had some amazing matches in WCW, and so did Lance Storm. <sighs> it's just, it, at, by that time, there was just so much bullshit in WCW. It yeah. sort of got, I mean, uh, another great, I mean, uh, here. And, and, and you know what really, really, really sucks? What? Is we'd be talking about Chris Benoit in this conversation. If, yeah. If, if 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 things were different, yeah, I we'd mean, be that, talking about Chris Benoit. Well, we'd be talking about almost every match he had in WCW because he rarely had a bad match. No, he, he was one of those guys. He should, he was the dynamite kid of the new of of the Attitude New Generation, or whatever you want. And, and the sad part is, if if things if if his life didn't end the way it did, yeah, you know, we'd be sitting. He would be in this conversation hands down. Now, here's the weird thing: like we're all talking about how you know people with mental illness, um. Are victims too, but you know why? Why he's a victim in this too? But why is it, why is it like okay? Well, he's a bastard because he killed his his wife and kid. <laughs> because it's a mental it's mental illness. Sure, like, I, I don't know. Like I I try to look at both sides of the coin, and I'm also one. But, of the, I mean, you have to see it from their perspective of you know this is this was a result of like CTE. This is this is like all the damage that he had done to his brain over the years. So, do you, you know, and you're trying to steer away from that. So if you're acknowledging Chris Benoit, you're acknowledging that this could happen to somebody that's an in-ring performer. Well, look what happened. I mean, soon after that, they're like, okay, we're not going to do fucking chair shots to the head sure. anymore. And even when they did chair shots in the head, they're like, okay, we're we're going to make, you know, Undertaker's going to have to pay $10,000. I really highly doubt he paid $10,000 and sure. shit. But, but, um, but, but Undertaker, how are we not talked about I Undertaker, know, right? Probably because the Undertaker did not have any really good WrestleMania matches until <laughs> until I think that's why the Shawn Michaels and Triple H's those matches started happening because it's like man he doesn't he's won a lot of WrestleMania matches but most of these fucking suck. But those those Shawn Michaels matches he had were just oh yeah both both great. The best one was um I read I I can't believe I can't remember if I I read it or it was a podcast that was written from Jr. and he said he had tears in his eye watching the second Shawn Michaels match with The Undertaker because it was just, that's what wrestling, that was the last, um, that was the last hope for for wrestling. Not sports entertainment, for wrestling. Sure. And then after that, like, what didn't help was, like, Undertaker didn't like CM Punk, but that could have been a great match because CM Punk brought so much into that match. And 
No, how like how do you have a great match knowing that the person you're with thinks that you're so beneath them? Yeah, right. And and that's the thing. Like Undertaker, for some reason, Undertaker's just like you know, uh, Michael's better drop that belt to 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 Stone Cold, or I'm gonna kick your fucking ass and shit like that. But then it's at the same time, just like, well, you know, Foxy and Punk. Like, uh, <laughs> I I completely understand Brock Lesnar should have. Uh, it makes sense for Brock Lesnar to take uh, the the Undertaker streak if you're going to end the streak. I think it. The, I think it would have worked and helped more for CM Punk than I agree. CM Punk, CM Punk, and Chris Jericho. Yes, yeah, CM Punk for sure. The only problem with those with those matches are they they kept having them. I think <laughs> uh, that's the thing. Like if you look at the Bret Hart and Owen Hart matches when they <laughs> finally were wrestling, there was always something. There. I mean, you had the WrestleMania ten, and then you had the SummerSlam ninety four blow off. Well, you had brought up uh, the. Uh... You brought up AJ Styles and how he just came to the WWE and he just rose right to the yeah. top because because you know talent will rise and CM Punk is a prime example. Yeah, I mean and and he had to work because he was a Paul Heyman guy. He got yeah. he got he got more against him. It was it was all like this guy's got tattoos and he's he doesn't drink and smoke and what the fuck are we gonna do with this guy? Yeah. And then just he gets in the ring and they let him go. Daniel Bryan. Talk about Daniel Bryan, Rose. Yeah, Dan- Daniel Bryan had the fan support, and the w, like WWE had no choice but to push Daniel yeah, Bryan. Yeah, I feel bad for Daniel Bryan, because he will forever be known, in my opinion, as an ROH guy, because that's where all his best matches were. And that's really only because he... I mean, him right now, tomorrow, AJ Styles versus Daniel Bryan would be an amazing match. Uh, but we get AJ Styles versus Shane O'Mac instead. And, <laughs> and here's the thing, like I think... I think uh, if you want to just talk about great matches, King of the Ring, Kurt Angle, Shane McMahon. Yes. Was a fantastic match, but it it's a fantastic match because it's a train wreck. It's just yeah. and then you know the background, you're like, it's just it's fucked up, man. How anybody would do that to their body. And apparently, like and McMahon Vince is telling telling everyone to like, okay, let's stop the match. And Shane's like, no, no. And shit like like stuff like that is, is great. If you, if you watch the uh you know, if you want if you watch like the uh there, there's a video of them talking about the match, and Shane's like doesn't go through the doesn't go through the glass lens right yeah, on his head. Yeah. And Kurt's like, I think this dude might be like paralyzed or yeah. dead or something, you know. And Shane's like, no, throw me through the fucking window. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm going through that fucking window. Pussy, come on. Like, yeah, it's <laughs> it's shit like they and that's that's what I miss about wrestling. I miss that I, I miss the professionalism. Like Kurt Angle was probably one of the most naturally gifted wrestlers sure. ever. Because he sort of just walked in he walked in there and you watch his, you watch like him versus Taz, and yeah. then and then later on him versus Jericho and him versus Benoit. Those were amazing matches. Him versus Shawn Michaels, like you saw, you see him versus Sean Cena. Like how about aside from the uh, Shooting Star Press, Kurt Angle, Brock Lesnar, WrestleMania nineteen. Um, I uh, that that was a it was great, but that started showing the the fakeness of. Of of wrestling for me. That's that's the problem. Like, especially because everything like when they what I always, what was always bothered what always bothered me about wrestling is about WWF is the past couple of years they just the camera guys won't look away right when like someone has to move like someone's on the top rope and like oh this guy can't do a shooting star press from that far away let me inch and the camera will show the guy inching closer and it's like I'm like come on like. Ha. What? 
we're get all the old camera guys back. They may be seventy. Yeah, yeah. I bet you they can still shoot better <laughs> and shit like that. But um, I want to have like I want to have a discussion on best best announcers. But it's Jim Ross. <laughs> yeah, it is hands down Jim Ross. Jim Ross, Gorilla Monsoon, Bobby Heenan when uh he was in WWF because I mean WCW is just no. He was okay, but you can just tell him to give a shit. You mean Joey Styles and ECW? Joey Styles and ECW. Joey Styles would have been great in um in WWF, but they just they tied his hands. Paul Heyman in WWF. Yes. Because Paul Heyman was just on. I think Paul Heyman went to the Jerry Lawler school of commentating. <laughs> because he was just he was just a, a, an extreme version of Jerry Lawler when Jerry Lawler was 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 commentating. Uh, Jerry Lawler is probably. I mean, he had he had some he had some pretty decent matches. Um, uh, what do you call it? Roddy Piper, King of the Ring. Uh, that ninety four, I believe that was King of the Ring yeah. ninety four. Uh, that was that still gives me goosebumps. And then him and uh, the Kiss My Foot match with Bret Hart. Yeah, like it didn't matter how many times he he always lost to Bret Hart, but he always had a feud with Bret Hart. Yeah, until like he left WWE for a little bit. Nobody. Like, he had the one match, and it was it was after Bret won King of the Ring. And because uh, Lawler had attacked Brett at King of the Ring, yeah, and then they had a match where, like, they were going to de- determine who the true king of the, who the true king was, and I, I don't know I, what was it, like Brett wouldn't let go of the sharpshooter yeah. or something, so he ended up getting the finish the decision reversed, and Jerry Lawler ended up winning the match. Yeah. So, <laughs> so and like, I, but, I always love that about Bret Hart because he had that aggressive streak. He was. Without him, I don't think there would be an attitude era. And I'm and I don't even count the Montreal screw job in there. Because, I mean, he really he was the baby face that had an aggressive streak. How and, about this? How how about this? And I'll give Bret Hart credit for, for this uh just coming off as well as it did. Bret Hart as a face everywhere except in the United States. Oh man, the Hart Foundation. Bret Hart, uh, Bret Hart, oh, anywhere the man. WWF would go, Bret Hart is getting cheered, except in the United I States. I know that was so great, and and just the way they pulled that off, and and like, and the and the the travel schedule was perfect because you're in you're in Buffalo one week, you're in Toronto the next week, then you're in Detroit, and then you're in Montreal, yeah. and like it's like they said, it's like they knew like two years, and I know that's not how it works, but two no. years ahead of time, they're like. We're gonna do this angle, and it's gonna be great if we do it this way. And it, and it just worked, and it was like you know, and they've tried to recapture that. We're like, well, we've got these other guys that hate Americans now, yeah. and, and it's Chris Jericho and it's Lance Storm and Christian and yeah. Test, right? Like <laughs> nobody fucking cares. Like Jericho don't want anything to do with it. And you can clearly tell. Yeah, yeah. Lance Storm's just like, yeah, whatever, pay me. Yeah, oh yeah. Lance Storm was just so. Lance Storm's best work, in my opinion, was the when he held the uh, cruiserweight, the United States, and the Hardcore Championship, and turned it all to the, the Canadian, the uh, Saskatchewan Hardcore International title, as yeah. it were, and uh, <laughs> the Canadian Championship. And what was yeah. the cruiserweight? It was uh, uh, the 110 what? kilos and under. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> God, that was that was such yeah, that, that was, that was so fun. fucking good. That was fun. Yeah, the, the Canadians, man. I mean, it's like so they, everyone goes like Samoans are like the wrestlers. I'm like. I'm going with Canadians, man. Yeah. I'm like, there's a lot more famous Canadian wrestlers. Just just from the uh, Calgary, Alberta, Canada area. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, because um, uh, Benoit, uh, Jericho, because Jericho was... Oh, Benoit was from Edmonton, Jericho from Winnipeg, but yeah, they, but they, they both, trained at the Hard Dungeon. They, exactly. So that that's why I counted. I mean... Right. Uh, I don't, you know, I guess... I mean, hell, New Mexico wrestlers. I mean, let's, let's just be fair here. I mean, Cactus Jack, great New Mexican wrestler. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> right? From Truth or Consequences, New Mexico. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, WrestleMania 13, Brett versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. If That is like, that was a clinic. And that was yes. such a great, that was such a great, like, from WrestleMania 12 to WrestleMania 13, it was a one-year transition between the two. And I, 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 I mean, yeah. going back to Brett, like, just bitching about, um, you know, how they showed him, like, jogging gingerly gingerly on ice and shit (laughs) and then they show you know and then they show and then they're showing like uh show michael's doing like handstands and shit yeah and it's just like okay but the whole thing was is you can see like just the transition of bret hart in that one year was so amazing and then when he i still i still get um i still have like flashbacks i have like acid flashbacks of him going to Owen Hart and the British Bulldog fighting in the ring, and he gets out there and is like, no, we're not going to let them divide us anymore. I'm like, oh my god! I literally just watched that Raw, like, last week. Isn't it still a beautiful moment? Yeah, oh yeah. It's like, Papa. It's like, you just (laughs) like, oh, Big Brother Brett's back! All right, let's get out of here. We got one more song to go. Half an hour of wrestling, that's great. Yeah, we we, we just killed a bunch of time, so, uh... Who's this band? This is the Dreadnecks. The Dreadnecks? I'm going to see them soon. Uh, it's January uh, 12th? 10th? 12th. 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 Jan- <laughs> January 10th. Dreadnecks. Down there, yeah. Irregardless in TBA. Can't wait January to see January 12th. 12th. At Evening Star. Evening Star, 8 p.m. You know, it's, uh, it's the day after Nick Landers' birthday of Inherent Vice. They're yep. playing on that show. Uh, and two other people's birthdays. It too. is. It's Nick Myers from the Dreadnecks, uh, his birthday celebration, and uh, somebody else. It is uh, Jason Gardner. Yeah, uh, from Inherent Vice. Escape the Escape womb the Womb Day. Yes, uh, that's Friday, January twelfth at Evening Star. He has stores tr- at eight p.m. Joe has to try to not punch somebody in the face and try not to get stunned by somebody else. Yeah, that's true. General admission, five bucks for that show. I gotta get a referee shirt for that match. You do. Uh, this is the Dreadnecks, the song called Too Many Heads, and we'll see you next week on the Think Peace. So Joe Show. It'll play in a second. There it is.